0: Welcome to another episode of the WA GOP Report. I'm Chairman Caleb Heimlich with the Washington State Republican Party. Our guest today is Elizabeth Kresselmeier. She is our endorsed candidate for the 6th Congressional District, uh, endorsed by the Washington State Republican Party, endorsed by all the counties in the 6th Congressional District. So we're really excited to have her on uh, talking about her campaign. So Elizabeth, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Chairman Caleb. It's wonderful to be here today.
0: Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're running for Congress this year?
1: Well, thank you. Yes, uh, I am running. Well, a little bit about me. I am a mom, first and foremost, but I have a background in education, research, PhD, in it. did that for 20 years, have a I like to say a particular skill set that lends itself to being in this role, you know, researching and looking at looking at programs and policies, what works, what doesn't I did that for 20 years in the field of education, which actually turned me from a Democrat to a Republican many years ago, it's sort of another story for another day. But, uh, but I have a background uh, um but really I have a heart for the country. I am a mom and I've been a mom, you know, and serving in my community. That's how I got involved, you know, in the first place with the party activities. I'm a PCO. I've been doing that for five years and was asked to run for this position because of my particular skill set and also my heart, you know, I would say it a, f- a ferocious devotion uh, to this country the way I do have for my own son and really on a personal level, what it what it is for me is that my our son is an only child and we're from a whole family of only children, right? So all up and down and side to side in our family, not that many. So when I think about, you know, the, the state of the country, this, this is a country that I love and that we all love, and I want to have it be a place that's still recognizable as this country that I love for our son when he's, you know, fully grown up into it and we're gone and there's we don't have a lot of family. It just It's just a thing that's near and dear to my heart to do what we can right now to turn the ship around, because right now the country that we love and has been, you know, so prosperous and so wonderful and so free, all of that is being threatened. And I have an ad running right now that's likening it to the Titanic, you know, like we're The the America, America's ship of state is heading for an iceberg, and those in charge—the Democrats, Kilmer, you know, Pelosi, uh, Biden—they're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, so to speak. And we need to turn the ship around and and you know, right, get our direction straight because there's just too much at stake here. So I feel very strongly that we have to change course right away to restore our economic um, security, prosperity, and liberty in the future of our of our country for our kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you are you are a tireless campaigner. You're a hard worker. You are one of the most kind of persistent candidates running this year and getting out there talking to people in the community. Uh, mm-hmm. So can you just tell me a little bit kind of how has that been going? What are you hearing from people as you're going to events, as you're connecting with voters? What are people in the 6th Congressional District concerned about right now?
1: Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, as I As I go around and there are six counties and I've been getting around to all of them, you know, many multiple times here, sometimes three counties and even four in a single day and talking to people everywhere. And really, as as you know, as we've talked about before, there's four issues, big ones that are hitting all of us in our state here in Washington and even across the country hitting us in the face and hitting us in the pocketbook. Those issues are the economy, you know, the affordability issue, the the price of the pain of the gas pump, you know, the inflation, the grocery store shelves being empty, sort of, you know, the economic issues. Then there's the public safety issues that people are really worried. They're scared because the crime is on the rise. The policies that have been handcuffing our police and letting the criminals run free are really doing damage and making our communities less and less safe. So that's another issue that's on everyone's hearts and minds. Education is a huge one. That, of course, is near and dear to my heart. It's my background. I know how to fix what needs to be fixed, you know, because I know that system from the inside out. And the solution is competition and choice and respecting parental choice and authority there. Uh, And then the final one would be the, the infringements on our constitutional rights, whether it be through the mandates, through Second Amendment infringements, First Amendment infringements, just total overreach by the government, by the powers that be right now. So those are sort of the big four concerns. And then as I'm traveling around, I'm finding kind of unexpectedly strong support, not only from within our Republican base that we would expect to have it from, but even many, many Democrats, uh, independents, even non-political people, people have never been political before, but they are now because it's coming to them, you know, to their front door. Uh, And so people are um, supporting me because they, you know, for example, in the educational arena, there's very angry parents on both sides of the political aisle just like what happened in Virginia we have angry parents here on both sides because of the mandates because of the failure of our schools in the zoom learning that wasn't happening the public safety issue I've got I've had meetings with uh, many say for example Tacoma business owners who are being hit by that by that rising crime and they're, they're scared. They're tired of calling 911, having no one come. If they do come, they can't chase the, the bad guys that are destroying their businesses and vandalizing and, and stealing from them. So we're getting votes and support from Democrat business owners, formerly Democrat business owners, because they're recognizing that the solutions you know, being put forth by Democrats are not solutions at all. They're just exacerbating the problems. And then uh, even another funny kind of Unexpected one was really I've got some support from even some pretty radical Democrat feminists that I would not normally get support from. But in the instance of the transgender agenda, the ideology that's being pushed through the schools and all everywhere else um, by the left, they're supporting me because I'm I'm framing that as an assault on women's rights. When you have biological men um, housed in a women's prison, raping the inmates, right? And uh, that's an assault on women's safety. When you have biological men competing in women's sports, that's an assault on women's rights. When you have gender clinics clinics popping up all over and performing, I would say, abusive practices on kids and, you know, uh, puberty blocking um, drugs and surgeries, that's an assault on children's safety and on parental rights. So there's all of these issues, no matter where you look, The bad news all around us is really pointing to the good news for us come, you know, this primary in August, but especially in November, because what I think everybody's waking up to is that elections got us into the mess we're in, and it's elections that are going to get us out.
0: Yeah, that's so true. That is absolutely true. And so we, especially right now with a week to go to the primary, we need everybody listening to this to make sure you go vote, fill out your ballot, make sure you get it in. Uh, by Tuesday, August 2nd, to really have your voice heard, because it was. It's elections that got us into the mess. Elections will get us out. Uh, one of the issues you hit on, I think, was is obviously all of those were important issues, and we're hearing a lot of those across the state, but particularly on inflation and affordability. What uh, do you view as, or what could you do, should you win, uh, to really help people suffering under that Uh, So what's kind of your plan? If you go to Congress, how are you going to help people uh, deal with inflation and the affordability issues?
1: Well, there's two really very prime things here. One is to restore our energy independence. Biden killed it immediately upon arrival. And uh, by, you know, not allowing us to go forward in the Keystone Pipeline, we need to open up those permits for drilling and exploration of, um, for our own natural resources to to get back to that, to the energy independence. That will definitely reduce our gas prices once again. Um and then also that will, what will help with that is to stop <laughs> spending money we don't have, printing money we don't have. The inflation being, is being fueled by this incredible um, profligate spending happening, you know, the trillions upon trillions um, for these programs that were supposedly there to bail us out of the COVID problem. And all they've done is <clears throat> just do an incredible damage. So we have to rein in the spending uh, and, and then uh, restore our energy independence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then on on, uh, public safety, I think that's another one. What do you think as a member of Congress, you can really do to proactively help? Because obviously, some of the challenges are related to Washington State and Washington Mm -hmm. State law and county prosecutors being lax. But what do you view as a congressman, your role in really helping uh, to support law enforcement and really establish more public safety in our communities?
1: Well, several things, and and one thing I want to point out is that my opponent, uh, Derek Kilmer, voted for the for an anti police act in, at the congressional level, the George Floyd Policing Act. That's a very bad um, act that would tie the hands of police even further. It would open up the, the open them up to more liability uh, suits and whatnot, frivolous lawsuits. Uh, it endangers their safety, and so that by supporting a measure like or a bill like that, that is in effect driving. Good police officers out. And we can't afford to do that. We're already losing them in droves because of the defunding and the demoralizing of our police. One of the sort of untold or undertold stories is that there's a very high suicide rate now amongst police officers and law enforcement officers everywhere because of the way they have been treated. And so we just have to take that into account and support them. So I support the police, I support the military. We need to back those stand behind those that are standing for us, you know, and in the gap all the time and watching our backs and nobody's having theirs right now. So it's not that we can't have better training and, and, you know, body cams, I think on everyone is uh, on police are uh, a safety measure that both, support anybody in the community that, you know, if they feel that there's something that's been not played well, but it also supports the police themselves because it's proof of what they did do and and we need to be defending them and not defunding them. And uh, so that would be something, whatever can be done at the federal level to tie funding to enforcement of our laws. Because right now we're in a position, I think all too frequently, where the lawmakers that are currently in office, largely Democrats, have become the lawbreakers. We have laws on the books that are not being enforced. I mean, look at the border, for example. We have we have we are we have a porous border. We have an open border. That is a complete security risk, and it's it's a uh, housed, You know, it's it's not only the human, the human trafficking, the drug trafficking, the fent- fentanyl coming over the border. We have to secure our border and that secures our citizenry. And if we, if we are a country without a border, we are not a country at all. So that's just another example of something that's um, just wildly wrong headed uh, on the side of the Democrats who are currently in charge. My opponent uh, right in lockstep with all of the worst of them. Uh, they just have, they're, they're doing serious damage and we need to turn it around quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the interesting things, given the challenges of the Biden administration, should you win, obviously President Biden will still be there. So how do you plan to kind of work uh, with hopefully a Republican majority to really right the ship of state, um, Mm -hmm. even though you have to work with President Biden in the White House?
1: Well, I think our best hope there is to achieve a bulletproof majority. I always say that regaining a, a majority in the House, U.S. House, U.S. Senate, and of course, at the Olympia level, too, at the House and Senate level, that is the only way that we will be able to, as I always say, put the brakes on Biden. But then I laughingly have to correct myself that it's not putting the brakes on Biden himself because he's not moving too quickly these days, if anyone's noticed, <laughs> upstairs or, you know, as getting around or just in between the ears, but putting the brakes on the Biden agenda, because those who are running the show behind him are moving all too quickly with their agenda. And I would call it, I would remind everyone of Obama's agenda of fundamental transformation, of America, that is what we're seeing. And it isn't pretty. And so having those majorities uh, and, you know, being able to, to enact things that, that he, you know, we just have to, we have to do that to be able to push back on what he's been uh, accomplishing so far with the majorities that he holds.
0: Yeah. Well, I think everybody listening, uh, it was probably sub- agrees with you and supports everything you said, or at the, at the minimum, the majority of what you've said But obviously, in order to bring about change, you have to win. Uh, So what what does that look like for you? Obviously, through the primary and towards November, what do you need to do to execute your campaign and to win?
1: Well, what would be very helpful, I'm really asking people to turn out. Big time for the primary because unfortunately, a lot of people tend to ignore the primaries. We talk about elections and we only think about November. But this August 2nd is the deadline to turn in our primary ballots. And the reason this is important is in we do have a two tier, I mean, uh, sorry, a two um, top two jungle primary system in this state, which is, I think, a little bit dysfunctional. (laughs) It's not the normal primary situation. So what we have is when you have, um, you know, anyone can, we don't register by party. And we don't run, we don't vote by party. So that means that anyone can run, anyone can vote for anyone. And we tend to have a lot of people throwing their hat in the ring to be on the ballot at the last minute, clogging up the ballot with a lot of names that people don't know who they are. And so... um, so, for example, and then we we split our own vote up, but Republicans seem to fall prey to this every time. So if you recall in 2020's election, when I was running as well, they tried it and my race didn't work. I came through the primary. But there were three races in Washington where we had two Democrats to choose from in November because we blew it in the primary. We had so many people running. And so we had the lieutenant governor race, the 10th congressional race, and I forget what the third one was, where we had two Democrats on the top of the ticket come November. That's unacceptable. We've got to be able to get a Republican strongly through to be able to compete in November and then win in November. So in my race in particular, I know in Tiffany's race, there's 18 people running. Of course, people just don't just throw a dart and hit any old R, vote Tiffany for U.S. Senate. In my race, the 6th Congressional District, there are six people running. Three of them are Republicans, but I'm the only viable Republican. So what I like to remind people is you've got to look for people that not only align with your values and interests, which, of course, you want in a candidate. Uh, I've got two people running uh, alongside me as Republicans, but they're not viable, because they've raised no money. And in order to get the message out to three, you know, 500,000 voters in this district, I can't doorbell my way around that you have to pay for advertising, and so on. And so I've, you know, raised well over 300,000, probably $315,000 compared to one candidate has raised, 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 you know, 5,000, 1,250 was donations and the rest was his own. And the other one has raised nothing. So it's very important to think about viability, pick the right Republican, the one that can win. And that is part of the reason why I am endorsed early, unprecedentedly early by both the state party, thank you guys, thank you. And also all six county parties, because clearly you have to pick a candidate that can win. So here's my fondest hope. If we get a huge turnout in this primary, I'm hoping not just to come into sec- second to Derek Kilmer and face him off in November. That's what happened last time. If we actually beat him in the primary by having a great turnout and consolidating our support behind, in this case, me, this, the candidate that can win. Imagine what would happen then, because that would turn a $300,000 race to a you know national race and watch the support flow in, because that would be a political earthquake to actually beat Derek Kilmer in the primary coming into the general. So that's what we're aiming to achieve. And we can achieve that if people turn out and vote. So how they can help is Of course, go to my website, cleanupthehouse.com. You can donate there. You can also sign up to volunteer because we're doing a big get out the vote phone calling to the get out the vote to people who haven't turned in their ballots yet and urging them to vote in the primary right now, vote for me and vote for the other endorsed candidates because a strong showing in the primary will help to ensure a win in November. And we all want to see a change in governance from the way it's going right now. But in order to govern, you have to win. (laughs) <laughs> so we've got to get behind people who can win and, and do everything. Pull, pull out all the stops, leave nothing on the field, get it done.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more that we got to win. Uh, nothing changes unless we start winning. And so Elizabeth, I, I'm so grateful for you running. i uh, so grateful for you working so hard, raising money in a race like the six. That's the fact that you've raised over $300,000 is very impressive uh, you, I think that is why you've seen the support from all the county parties and then the state party endorsing, is they recognize you are the right person for this job. Uh, so really appreciate you, appreciate all the work you're doing, and uh, I would encourage everyone to go to go to uh, cleanupthehouse.com. Is that right?
1: That is correct. And they can also check out I've got three draft bills on that website, as well as all the rest of the information. And that's because I'm ready. I have solutions ready to hit the ground running in DC when I get there. The first vote, of course, is let's get rid of Nancy Pelosi as speaker. But I've got draft bills in place already that I would be putting forward if we haven't solved some of those problems by the time we get there. Because it's just we have so much at stake, and I'm ready to go ready to get to DC and start working and doing a better job for the people of this district.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and we've got our field teams out knocking on doors, carrying Elizabeth's literature in the six. Obviously, we need people to be making phone calls right now. About ten percent of people have voted. That means ninety percent have their ballots sitting on their kitchen counter or somewhere, and we want to get those Republicans, especially, to get that ballot, get it in, vote by August second. It's so important both for Elizabeth and for Tiffany Smiley and all our races up and down the ticket. We have a strong showing in August to really propel us to victory in November. So, Elizabeth, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us today. Thank you for running. And we will talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you, Chairman Caleb, so much. Thanks for the opportunity and have a wonderful rest of your day.
0: Absolutely.